are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. And hopped in again, Mr. Jason Shear. 3.0 version. The people asked for more Jason Shear, and you know what? I am delivering upon those requests. Hello, Jason. How are you? Doing well. Always enjoyable when I spend time with you, Michael. Well, yeah, I think that goes without saying. So let's get down to the uh, the brass tacks. So you've got the coaching staff right now that's starting to take form. Jack Murphy's back as the assistant coach or as the associate head coach. I don't know that that really shocks anybody, but when you talk about Jack Murphy, he's a guy that obviously has some really good international recruiting connections, but so does Tommy Lloyd. Now, what can Murphy do to be able to augment that as well on this new staff? I think it's a different situation when you're a head coach compared to an assistant. So, for instance, when Tommy Lloyd was internationally recruiting, he could go over to Europe for weeks and it'd be no big deal because he still have Mark Few. When Tommy Lloyd is now a head coach, you just can't do that. There's too many responsibilities, too many other kids, et cetera. So that's where Murph comes in. He has some connections. I'm sure he'll make more through Lloyd. You can send Murph to Europe to recruit. Tommy Lloyd stays home, you know, takes care of the program, things like that. So if Lloyd wants the international recruiting to still be a thing, uh, it made sense to keep Murph. All right. Now, the rest of the coaching staff, I'm of the opinion, and I don't have any insight on this, and that's why we have you on here, but it seems to me that if Jason Terry wants to stick around, then Jason Terry will probably be afforded a position on this staff, but I think both sides have to be fully committed to each other, as they should be. Am I wrong in thinking that if Jason Terry wants to remain as a full-time assistant on the Tommy Lloyd staff, he probably has a spot? Yeah, you're right. They had a sit-down conversation the other day. Um, it's got to work for both parties. Uh, I think that, you you know, you got to realize Jason Terry and Tommy Lloyd have no relationship. Um, Jason Terry is an alum and the alums are very vocal about how everything was handled. He has other options. He could probably go back to the Mavericks whenever he wants. And so it's a situation where both sides need to make sure they're comfortable with each other. Uh, With that being said, if Jason Terry went to Tommy Lloyd and said, I want to be back on staff, Tommy's not saying no. So I don't know how long they're willing to wait. Um, but they had a conversation. Uh, I think the spot is available, and, and Terry's kind of thinking it over. See, that's my thing. A lot of people ask, what exactly is the time frame right here? I don't think you're in a hurry, but to quote John, well, I was I was about to misquote John Wooden right there, so I just won't. But you want to be quick, but not in a hurry right here. So if that means that, you know what, I give Jason Terry a week to decide on this, then I don't have any problem with that. But I also think that within a week, Jason Terry should have a pretty good idea about whether he wants to stay on this staff or not. Yeah, and you could always keep guys warm. Like Tommy Lloyd could be talking to other assistants and being like, look, I want to interview you. I just got to figure out what's happening with the current assistants on staff. Give me a week. I'll get back to you one way or another. And if, you know, if you're an assistant and you want to join Arizona, you're not going to say no because you have a job like you're good. And so it'd be a matter of leaving for Arizona. So if Tommy Lloyd tells these other guys, look, give me a week. Let Jason Terry figure out what he's going to do. If he's not coming back, I'm going to call you interview. Um, That's fine. Now, it's not a thing where it's May 21st, a month from now, and Jason Terry hasn't decided yet. That's not going to happen. My guess is we have an answer um, by the end of the week, early next week. 
uh, and just kind of go from there. But I, I think it, Terry's not dumb either. He knows how all this works. He's not going to sit there and make Tommy Lloyd wait. It doesn't do him any good. It doesn't do uh, Tommy any good. And, and so my guess is by the end of the week, there'll be some sort of resolution. Now let's talk about the rest of this coaching staff and about how this, the rest of this could uh, play out. You've got a couple guys that are up on your website, uh, Arizona, or 24-7 Sports, Arizona Wildcat Authority, Ricardo Foyce, who exactly is he? What would he bring to the program? So he, he's an interesting coach because he doesn't have actual assistant coaching experience, but he's considered to be a major player developmental guy. Uh, the Suns actually hired him before they hired Monty Williams. They hired him to be the head of their player development before they even had a head coach in line. So he right now is the head of player development for the Phoenix Suns. Um, has a lot of close relationships with those guys. I think he would leave in order to be on a bench. I believe that's the goal. Um, he's one of the guys that was actually one of the first candidates that was mentioned to me. So he's a guy to, to keep a close eye on. But um, he was in terms, he was in charge of analytics and player development at Gonzaga years ago. Uh, played at Pepperdine. Wasn't very good, but played at Pepperdine. And so there's a relationship there. Um, it would be interesting to see if he would leave an NBA team in the middle of the season with player development. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. But I would assume at the very least he's going to get a call in, in a very serious look. And why wouldn't you take that position, though? Because at least to me, if yes, there's it's cool being in the player development. But if you can get a job on, on a full time staff for a guy in Tommy Lloyd, who's running one of the top 15 programs in the country, to me, if you would think that that would be an easier way to be able to get your foot into the coaching door quicker than just kind of taking that analytical route. Yeah, these guys all want to be head coaches. I'd say like 99% of them want to be head coaches. I guarantee Ricardo wants to be a head coach. And player development is cool and all, but at the end of the day, if you can go on Arizona's bench, you know, have some successful seasons, move up to another school, eventually become a head coach, that's the goal here. And the reality is it's more likely being an assistant at a successful program like Arizona than a player developmental guy uh, with the Phoenix Suns. Now, maybe the Phoenix Suns move him up. That's a whole different story. But I still think it's a it's a more likely path um, for him to go to college and, and join a coaching staff that he's comfortable with and, and he's familiar with Tommy Lloyd. Now, there's another guy that, that you've uh, talked about quite a bit on your site, and uh, he goes by the last name of Gentry. Talk, talk a little bit about him. Yeah, Stephen Gentry over at Illinois. He's a stud. Um, I, I'll just start right off by saying I, I'll, I would be surprised if Illinois let him go. Uh, he makes more money than any of Arizona's assistants, including Murph. I think maybe they could have got him associate head coach and a big, you know, like a pay bump. But I don't think Arizona could do that unless the third assistant isn't being paid as much. But um, he's a guy where if you listen to Mark Few and Tommy Lloyd about his knowledge of offense and what they like to do, um, they love him. I mean, he's he's a guy where he's probably going to be a head coach eventually. Um, he would come in and, and be in charge of the offense most likely. And um, you just look at Illinois' offenses, offensive numbers in the last two years. Uh, they've gone up like insane dramatically, and that's a lot because of Gentry. So I, I doubt Underwood is going to let him go. But if you're Tommy Lloyd and you know him, you're you're making that call. And uh, Mark Few has an open spot too, so I'm sure he's going to make the same phone call. My question, and I still don't think anybody quite knows the answer to this, is who is going to be that, for lack of a better term, that kind of that coaching whisperer to Tommy Lloyd? That is it going? I know that Jack Murphy's the assist, associate head coach. But I don't know that they're necessary. He's necessarily going to be the guy that uh, that Tommy Lloyd goes to and says, "Well, what do you think about this?" I mean, he might, 
But generally, when a new coach takes over, that one guy on the staff is that guy. And I don't know that that person slash coach is on that staff yet. Am I wrong? No, you're right. It's going to be interesting because a lot of times, um, like what we'll see is these coaches that are new to the game in terms of being a head coach will hire like a veteran to be on the bench that may not even be an assistant. Like Mark Few years ago hired Doug Wojcik to just be a special advisor to the head coach. Uh, he's the director of recruiting at Michigan State right now. And it was just like, hey, you're, you're not going to be a recruiter, but you're going to be on that bench and you're going to be helping me out. And I could see Tommy Lloyd doing that. It, you know, a lot of times in the position that Lloyd is in where he's never been a head coach, um, they'll hire a guy that's been a head coach. It may not even be like an ultra successful head coach, just a guy that kind of knows how to run things and, and what to expect. And I don't know if Lloyd's going to do that. He's, he's a really confident guy. He's a smart guy. He may not need to do that. But that's something that definitely has to be considered. And, um, you know, it's it's that third assistant spot, you know, it, or I shouldn't say that because if Terry comes back, there's two. But um, that that third one is kind of we don't really know where it's headed. And uh, if I'm Tommy Lloyd, I'm, I'm giving some some long thought to getting a, an older veteran coach that could at least kind of help me navigate my first couple of years. And, and like Rojic left Gonzaga after it was comfortable and all that. And uh, I could see a similar scenario at Arizona. If you're not on rockauto.com, you should be on Rock Auto. The great thing about rockauto.com is that you can go there and you can find all the parts you need. I mean every single part. And the great thing about it, too, is that it's easy to figure out. You don't have to be an internet guru. You don't have to be an internet whiz. You just have to be able to get onto the site, and it pretty much takes you from there. The prices are cheap. They're easy to come by. And you know what? If it's good enough for me, if it's good enough for Jason Shear, if it's good enough for Shelby Shear, then I would hope it would also be good enough for you. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. If you're like me and you'd like to make a little bit of money betting, betonline.ag is your place to go. It is your one-stop shop. And I think, honestly, that Arizona is going to be better than people think next year. And if you want to actually make some money off that, betonline.ag would be your spot. All right, Shear. I look at the way that this roster is coming to fruition. And again, maybe somebody leaves, but I saw the picture the other day at McHale, and I have a hard time believing that anyone outside of James Akinjo that really matters is leaving. So let's just go under the uh, auspice that you have, that you've got Benedict Matherin coming back. You've got Kirk Rissa coming back. You've got Benedict, Ma- or excuse me, Azulis Tabellis, all of those guys. If you get a point guard like a Ty Ty Washington, and let's just say you can't get Ty Ty, then I think that you have somebody else that can pretty much hop right in there. Because, again, if you're a top 25 team and the coach says, yeah, we basically need a point guard, you're probably going to find some people in the portal. So let's just go under the premise that Arizona's got a good point guard. I think this is a top 25 team, and it's not UCLA good next year. But they're definitely going to be competing for a top two to three spot in the conference. Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of like what I was telling you the other day. Like, I know there's a lot of stock in Ty Ty Washington, top 15 guy, really good. And, and I'm not going to put him down at all. But let's say he doesn't commit to Arizona. Well, yeah, now you're the Arizona Wildcats with the offensive head coach that is basically saying if you transfer to Arizona, you're starting at point guard. There's going to be kids that aren't in the portal that are like, okay, I'm I'm entering the portal and I'm trying to go to Arizona. Um, there's guys out there like Bryce Thompson who just transferred from Kansas who could be an option. I mean, there's there's other options. They want Ty Ty and, and they're in good shape for him, but it wouldn't be the end of the world if they don't get him. But 
assuming they get a point guard and all these guys are coming back, it's a top, like you said, top 15, top 25 team for sure. I mean, there might be some growing pains with the new head coach, but you're bringing guys back. And everyone was looking forward to Sean Miller coach team and bringing guys back. And then at the end of the day, the only guy lost was a Kinjo and you replace him with a pretty solid point guard. Uh, that's a good deal for Tommy Lloyd. And that's a team where you should be able to kind of come in and, and compete you know, to be one of the better teams in the Pac-12 right away. Yeah, now let's talk a little bit about the Gonzaga transfer, the big man that came over. Didn't uh, didn't uh, perform a ton at Gonzaga, but I'm also of the opinion, and you uh, said this to me the other day at football practice, that if Omar Balo is good enough for Tommy Lloyd after seeing him for two years at Gonzaga, then there's probably a little bit more to him. And I would imagine at least he can be kind of that grunt garbage type player out there. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really simple. Pavel Zakharov was a guy that Tommy Lloyd recruited to Gonzaga, entered the transfer portal, and is at Cal Baptist. Arizona didn't even – I don't even know what they called him. Uh, Omar Balo transferred, and within two days or whatever, he's at Arizona. Tommy Lloyd has worked with the kid uh, for two years now. He took an academic redshirt, and, he, and then he played. And um, there's obviously something there. Like, Tommy Lloyd doesn't think the kid sucks in order to take him and give him a scholarship for – what will probably be another, you know, two years. He's, he's a four-year guy at least, and um, there's got to be something there. And, and I don't expect the kid to play 25 minutes next year and be dominant, but if he can give you 10 minutes and and be good and, and be a powerful guy, I mean, he's absolutely humongous. He has a nickname Baby Shaq, obviously not that good, but the size is, is unreal. There's nothing like it in the Pac-12. If he can give you 10 minutes, 12 minutes, um, it's, worth a, it's worth a take, and he's a developmental guy, and – uh, there's really, to me, no downside. If he's not good, he transfers out. And if he is good, you just got a, a nice backup center. Don't we see kind of a rotation already taking place here and that I would imagine Christian Coloco is coming back. I mean, the fact that he was one of the first people that welcomed Omar here. Then you've got Jordan Brown, who, like you said, uh, got his NBA grade. Not surprisingly, wasn't great. And then you've got other guys, you know, looks like Ben's ba- or Ben's back on the perimeter but you've got kind of four guys right there, and as Julius goes without saying, that I think make up not a great rotation. The only guy with star power is a Julius, but it's more than workmen like enough in the Pac-12 conferences coming year. Yeah, I mean, you know, in the college game, you don't need studs up front. You need good, serviceable players that can kind of get the job done. And Julius Abelis is going to be really good in this offense. Um, I think he's going to be one of the better players in the conference. You have Jordan Brown; he should be fine. You have Coloco, you have Balo, you have enough up front. And I don't think they're going to go add another forward. I think they're they're pretty set there. Um, so, you know, you, you just kind of take a look, and there's two deep at center, two deep at power forward, and uh, there's not, like, a huge drop-off. Like, you're not playing uh, – this sounds mean, but you're not, you know, going to Ira Lee and say, <laughs> you know, play two, three minutes. There's not that type of guy. These guys could all give you 15 minutes, 20 minutes if necessary. Um, so, in terms of depth, I, I think they're fine, and – uh, it's pretty quality. It may not be the best front court in the Pac-12, but uh, it's definitely nowhere near the worst either. Are there any other guys in the portal that we should be keeping an eye on right now? And again, this is obviously a very fluid situation. Yeah, I, I mentioned, um, uh, I, I think Arizona's going to be looking at guards. So I mentioned Bryce Thompson at, at Kansas. Rasir Bolton, uh, who just transferred it from Iowa State, is another guy uh, I could see Arizona getting involved with. Average like 15 points on 45% shooting a game. So he's a guy that maybe Arizona gets involved with. But a lot of this also is going to depend on the coaching staff. If Arizona goes and hires a coach with, like, you know, if they hire Gentry and Gentry is close to, like, Adam Miller, for instance, 
they're going to be more on Adam Miller maybe than they were, you know, a couple weeks ago. They are now. They're not on him as much now. So that's kind of fluid. But I would say Bryce Thompson and Rasier Bolton are two guys to maybe keep an eye on. That doesn't necessarily mean Arizona's done a lot with them yet. Um, but anytime you can look at, at some of the better guards in the portal, uh, those are the, the kind of guys you got to keep an eye on. Yeah, and I'm fascinated to see what exactly the Tommy Lloyd pitch is to recruits yet because I don't quite know what that's going to be because every coach has their pitch. You know, Sean Miller's was, I'm going to get you to the NBA. You know, you're going to play tough basketball. And I wonder what Tommy Lloyd's is going to be. I would imagine it's going to be that we're going to play an up-tempo, fan-friendly type of basketball, and you've got an opportunity to be able to come in here and compete immediately because basically you've got a blank slate with me. Yeah, I mean, it, it's clear. Like, it's going to be offense. And, and that's not to say that Arizona's not going to defend, but like Tom Lloyd said, they don't run sets. Like, a lot of it is motion, player decisions, et cetera. And so let's say Ty Ty Washington, I guarantee you Tommy Lloyd is telling him about his freedom on offense and saying, look, you're a point guard. You're the one running the offense and making decisions. I'm going to kind of tell you what to do, but I'm not going to make you run play A, play B, et cetera. And if you're a guy with the ball in, in your hands, uh, you're all over that. Like if you're a scorer, you're going to be all over that. So uh, his pitch will probably change depending on the player. But if you're a guard, um, you're going to want to probably come to Arizona and, and be in that offensive system similar to, to what we saw at Gonzaga. And I'm sure that when Jalen Suggs gets – uh, gets you know drafted and Chet Holmgren goes number one next year or whatever. Tommy Lloyd's going to take some credit for that too. Okay, now next question: What is the conference schedule or the out of conference scheduling going to look like under Tommy Lloyd? I hadn't even really thought about this, but you look at Gonzaga and almost out of necessity, they have to play people out of conference because of the conference that they're in. Now, I wonder exactly how that is going to parlay out to the Tommy Lloyd era at Arizona and I'm asking you because I don't even really know a lot of times I'll ask you a rhetorical question this isn't that yeah he claimed at the presser that like he likes the big out of conference tournament type of things like they're in Vegas next year um, you know Michigan Wichita State and UNLV uh, I think Arizona is going to be involved in those maybe you have a big game but the type of game that's winnable like a Texas for instance something like that where it looks bigger on paper than it probably really is. You know, it's not, I don't think they're going to go and play Duke at, you know, Cameron Indoor. And it, it also depends on these teams. Maybe they're more open to it, but I would expect a few maybe bigger games. But look, I mean, Arizona's schedule this year would have been awesome had, had there not been COVID. And, and so it's, it's kind of going to be the situation where you, you want to see it. Like Arizona's going to buy out the Gonzaga game. I'd be shocked if that game happens. So, does he replace it with a team that is that just because they're uncomfortable? Is that just because they're uncomfortable playing each other? Which is a fair yeah. question. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just they're best friends. It's just not going to happen. And, and so, when they buy out the Gonzaga game, do they reschedule it with a top five team like Gonzaga would have been, or do they go lower? I think that's something, and that'll give us a big kind of taste of what type of scheduling Lloyd will do. All right, now final question here, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll let you go. We've got the uh, we've got the spring game coming up here, and we'll be talking about that a little bit more tomorrow and then on Monday. But so far, so good for me with the Tommy Lloyd era. I know that there's a lot of guys that said that they didn't really want to come back to the U of A, but kind of like we talked about, that once a coach is in here and you get to hear them tell you how they see you fitting in, a lot of times those concerns go away. So I got to say through the first week, again, knock on wood, so far so good in the Tommy Lloyd era. Yeah, I think there's still some work based on what I heard from the alumni. But at the end of the day, if he goes out and wins, that's not an issue anymore. And so 
Um, it feels very similar to Fish. You don't have to win games right away to win over fans. And he's been to football practice, Tommy Lloyd has. He's putting out videos where he talks about his offensive philosophy and quick decisions and scoring a lot of points. And um, he, he's handling it very well. Uh, the biggest obstacle he had was keeping the team. He's, he's pretty much done that, maybe one or two players losing. Um, but if he goes in, you know, he, the guy got a commitment his first day, first full day in Dylan Anderson um, and got another commitment less than a week later. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, so far, so good. Obviously, you got to win games. But in terms of feel, uh, I think he's done a great job so far. Jason, as always, we appreciate having you on and um, I will get you a recruit right up here soon. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> You've been listening to Locked On Wildcats.